I was just reflecting on what a great time it is to return to the flavor of kindness and friendliness. Whether you're halfway through your journey and you've already moved deeply into all of these qualities of heart, these Brahma-viharas. Brahma-vihara means divine abode. So they're the places that we would want our minds and hearts to live. And in fact, they're the places that our minds and hearts do live when we're not startled or angry or confused. And so we're sitting here in the midst of a group who has been diving deeply into this. And then for others of us, halfway through the first day of the retreat, can't think of a better time to be kind and friendly. Please don't wait another moment. You know. And I'm sure you haven't. I'm sure you haven't waited. For me, uh, these heart practices and the fact that we have a whole month to explore them is one of the particular delights of this retreat. And I want to share with you um, that as a part of my own practice history, this retreat plays a huge part in my early years of practice. I actually sat this retreat every year from the time it began for about a decade, mostly the two-month. And so I was actually first introduced to these heart practices here on this retreat, and then I trained really deeply in them. And it wasn't until I started to teach retreats myself that I discovered how unusual um, the choices that I had made in my own long retreat practice were in the sense that I've actually spent about 50% of my long retreat practice practicing kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. These are the four Brahma-viharas. So I'd often take a month and practice insight, and then I'd take a month and practice either metta, or I love to practice compassion and equanimity. It's a formal training. Some years I would practice metta first and then dive into the insight. But just to say there is a really rich opportunity here for wherever your being is being called into the depths of these trainings. Here we are. Incredible privilege. And it's a real honor to be here with you. I'll also say a word to um, the few two-monthers who are (laughs) courageously saying, I will start again. I notice many of that community are not here today, understandably. They're taking care. They're being kind. But for those of you that are here, what an opportunity it is to actually explore these teachings and practices again, Uh, to start anew, to hear them through different voices, and to taste them through this moment, which is so different than a month ago, right? Familiar, but different. So when I was reflecting on what are some of the qualities that these Brahma-viharas have in common, and really what we're going to be doing with these 
is that when we're introducing each flavor, there'll be short teachings, and then we'll be practicing. Occasionally, we'll have time for questions at the end. Uh, Mostly, we'll leave the questions for the morning, just to get a sense of the lay of the land. Um, What do they have in common? As we spend the first 10 days with loving kindness, 10 days or so, and then some days with compassion, some days with joy, some days with equanimity. Firstly, what they all have in common is that especially when we are entering retreat or re-engaging a training in these practices, whether it's insight or Brahma-viharas, we need an anchor, right? A home base. So Donald was suggesting this morning the sensations of breath as a home base, always available our whole life through. And he also suggested that if the breath is compromised for you in some way, you could choose an alternative anchor. An example of that might be sounds coming and going and being known. And when you check in with us individually, if you do find that the breath is compromised for you, check in about that. We'll support you to really develop a further intimacy with the anchor. In the Brahma Vihara practices, a traditional anchor are phrases. So in the case of the loving kindness, phrases of friendliness or phrases of well-wishing. And in fact, the word metta was translated into Old English as loving kindness many decades ago, last century. And now our more modern day scholars are retranslating that same word not just as loving-kindness, but as friendliness or well-wishing. I really take heart with that because while we might have some very high bar for loving-kindness, we've all experienced friendliness, the possibility of friendliness. There are also phrases that we'll be sharing and be cultivating on your own for compassion, sympathetic joy, and equanimity. So what the phrases do is they collect the mind and heart and body around these qualities. So what we'll be exploring over these next 10 days or so is collecting our whole system around friendliness and warmth and goodwill. And by doing that and using the phrases as a continual touchstone, and you notice for those of you that are newer, we have a handout here of possible loving-kindness phrases. But if you have your own phrases that you know by heart, please use those. So it starts to collect, and there's a momentum of the practice, of the attention, into concentration. And in fact, these practices can be trained in mainly as a practice of the heart, But some of us also train in these practices mainly as an anchor to develop concentration, very deep concentration. Either is fine. So we have our anchor. We also have these objects of those that we wish well to, right? So those of you that are familiar with this know that we move through this progression of what Donald and I call meta-muses. 
Who's going to be the muse or the catalyst for friendliness today? So the traditional progression of muses is that we start with ourselves and then move to a benefactor, someone that's a support to us, uh, our mentor, whether we know them or not, a good friend, uh, a neutral person, a difficult person, and all beings. And so we'll be doing that same progression during this time. The progression is a little bit different with the other qualities of heart, compassion or joy, etc. But we'll just start with this. This is enough for today. So my guess is, is that there's a huge amount of experience in loving kindness practice in this hall. And if you're brand new, welcome. And we all have different relationships with these different practices. So for some of us, we love metta. For some of us, there's a lot of resistance. We don't like it so much. And everything in between. I can share with you that I have fallen in all of those categories. When I first started practicing metta, I I was quite young. I, I started meditation when I was 17. I started uh, metta a few years after that. And I was in a situation where I was grieving the loss of a loved one. And I was in chronic pain from a car accident. And so the breath was a difficult object for me at that time. And so my teacher said, oh, you should do lots of loving-kindness practice. And I got this idea that loving-kindness practice was a preschool practice for people who couldn't follow their breath very well. And I decided I didn't like it very much. I tell you this story because for me, actually, the doorway into the Brahma Viharas was compassion. At some point, a teacher said to me, you're in pain. Maybe you should practice compassion. I'll never forget the feeling in my body when they said it. They said it in room two. (laughs) I remember which way my chair was facing, and my entire body relaxed. Compassion? (sighs) We each have different doorways in. And we can each be friendly with our inevitable layers of resistance. And so we need to talk about that these hard practices are not just practices of concentration. They're not just practices of opening the heart, but they're also deep practices of purification. And so what does that look like? The most common example that I get as a teacher Uh, And Donald and I teach one of the annual metta retreats every year here um, at Spirit Rock. And most years, someone will come in and say something like this. I'm practicing the loving kindness. And they'll usually come in, they got tears in their eyes, you know. I'm practicing the loving kindness. And I'm saying to myself, may I be protected and safe. And all I can feel is how unsafe I feel. I feel like I'm doing this wrong. I feel like there is no metta. I can't get this. Maybe I should go home, you know, and then the tears spill out. 
sometimes we'll say to ourselves, and th- there's different um, kind of qualities that we'll direct the mind and attention with, with this metta. And they tend to be flavors around safety, uh, happiness or peace, something about resiliency of the body, and sometimes something about ease, and traditional kind of flavors of metta phrases. And so many of you have your own words. And I'm sure that they're just right for you. So somebody will come in and say, I'm saying to myself, may I be healthy and strong, and I'm not healthy and strong. And the doubt comes in really strong. Well, should I, am I doing it wrong? Does this really work? These are cycles of purification. They happen in our insight practice, and they happen in our Brahma-vihara practice. And it's so important to be wise that the heart breathes in and the heart breathes out the same way as the breath does. And sometimes it's open and as wide as the world, and other times it is the heart of stone. It is numb. It is cold. Can we be friendly with the expansion and contraction of all things? So we go through these processes of purification with incredible kindness. And then we forget to be kind. And then we remember to be kind. And on and on and on. Fortunately, we have a whole month. Plenty of time to forget and remember. Forget again. So these practices, as many of you know, are very creative. And a lot of the way we practice them depends on ways that we're oriented. Some of us tend to be very visually oriented, and we can be supported in these practices by actually calling up an internal visualization of the one we're wishing well to, and be very specific with it. And when we get lost in thought, refresh that image. Some of us aren't visual at all, much more somatically oriented, And we'll be so supported by putting a hand on the heart, which some of you were already doing when we started, or just now. Or it'll be way more about saying a few phrases, but spending a lot more time with the actual somatic resonance of the practice. The phrases don't work as an anchor for everyone. They work for a lot of people. So we make this our own. We trust our own wisdom and our own path in all of these practices. So the Buddha said, if we look the whole world over, the whole world. There is no one more worthy of love and kindness than ourselves. And then he continued, Likewise, we might hold every other as dear. One who truly loves themselves can never intentionally harm another. So that is the great invitation 
that we shower it on ourselves because we need it. We need it so that we can see that, that preciousness, that wholeness, that potential for freedom in all beings. And so that we can be wise as we expand the circles of well-wishing. So we are building the metta muscle here. The training is to start where it's easier, but the Buddha also suggested that we start with ourselves. For some of us, that's a paradox. Um, So I think that for today, I would like to suggest that we start either with ourselves, if it feels workable, if it feels like a kind thing to do, if it feels like it's just going to trigger too much stuff, please choose a different muse to start with today. And it might be a benefactor, somebody that you know or don't know, but you just feel supported by in this life. Uh, It could be a good friend. Sometimes the beginning of these retreats, it's a pet. Sometimes the middle of these retreats, it's a pet. Just someone that's going to light the system up. And if you're new to this or it's been so long since you've practiced this that you've forgotten your phrases, feel free to use the handout. If not, feel free to use your own phrases. But I'd also like to suggest, actually, just as we begin here, first of all, to check your posture. Because the suggestion is that, if possible, we're in a posture where there isn't excruciating pain. So some of us will choose to do this period every day in a chair, even though we sit on the ground, or vice versa. And so as we adjust the posture and check in the spirit of kindness, we could also simply notice whether there are any areas of the body that It's not excruciatingly painful, but it's not exactly perfectly comfortable either. And a more informal metta practice is to actually send some metta, some well-wishing or some warmth to those spots that aren't quite comfortable. This is something you can do in insight practice too if part of the body starts screaming and you've come back to the breath 15 times but it is in the foreground, you can send it a little metta. Invite it to soften. If your body's perfectly comfortable, just being warm and friendly with the whole body sitting.
And you might spend a quite a bit of time just wishing well to the body, if that feels appropriate today. If it feels okay to begin with a more traditional practice, we can each call up an image of ourselves or someone that we think it might be easy to extend friendliness towards. If you're more somatic type, it can almost be how you would feel in your body if they came and sat down with you here. If we're wishing it to ourselves and using an image, we can call up an image of ourselves at a time, perhaps when we felt happy or felt relatively safe in our being. Doesn't have to be our happiest moment. And like drops of water, we can begin extending these phrases of well-wishing. the ones that you're choosing. And finding our own rhythm such that the phrases are moving along so that the discursive mind doesn't get lost in thought. But they need not be so fast that we feel like a We're grinding out the metta where it gets exhausting. We can leave pauses between sets of phrases and check the echo of the metta in the body. And for a few of us, that warmth and echo in the body will be the primary practice.
last few minutes of our practice together. We might choose to expand out this friendliness or this warmth a little bit to include everybody here and everyone in our community. Surrounding us in this moment are people who will manifest in different categories over the course of these next days and weeks together. Whether we know them or not, some of them will feel like benefactors or teachers to us in moments. There they sit so still. There they're taking care of themselves happily. And it's an inspiration for us. Some may feel like a good friend, whether we know them or not, in moments. So many right now feel like familiar strangers or neutral people. Some of us will be teachers to each other in moments, manifesting as the difficult person. Isn't it nice to know we each take our turn? There's a little microcosm of all beings represented here. Many countries that we're from, many languages that we speak. So many different expressions of our beautiful diversity. So can we extend the warmth and the same phrases to everyone around us? And can we remember that in this very moment, they are cheering us on too. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.